Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid. With me is Omar Zini. And live via Zoom is Trevor Stiles. This is our big MLS 2019 preview that Omar is going to be putting some solid, solid sound effects on. We're excited to be here. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Let's get it. Let's get this going. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> We're back from Arizona. We had an awesome time in Arizona. Shout outs to Keepers Care for Kids, RSL, Portland Timbers, Phoenix Rising, OKC Energy, FC Dallas, FC Tucson. Uh, Phoenix and, Rising. Did I say Phoenix Rising? I might have OKC Energy. I think I'm just repeating some. I didn't okay. hear. <laughs> okay. We had a blast, though. We had an awesome time. Uh, you guys definitely got to check out those YouTube videos. Uh, we got some with uh, maybe some legendary goalkeepers like a Nick Romando. And Andrew Putna was there, too. Maybe. Uh, maybe. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Putna. Putna's awesome. I love that dude. I've been uh, watching some of his stuff online. Funny guy, actually. It's so funny. I wish... Uh, Wish he had showcased more of that personality when we did the interview, but uh, I hogged the microphone the most of the time. <laughs> so you did, yeah. It but uh, it worked. It worked. Everything worked. Yeah, it was awesome, man. And then shout out to Todd Hofford for letting us, uh, you know, train. Um, not train. He did not let us train the RSL keepers. That would have been probably a bad idea. He uh, he ran a session and he let us film it, and he even did a little introduction and a, and a kind of a conclusion to it and how awesome it was. And oh, honestly, it was really legit uh as trevor knows uh Hoffie's awesome and uh is he ambidextrous because he could hammer the ball with both feet i don't know i was trying to figure out throughout the whole session if he was right-footed left-footed i mean he volleyed right-footed for a little bit then volleyed left-footed he drop kick left-footed then drop kick right-footed so yes i think he's ambidextrous but i mean that's that's what you got to do at the next level i think i actually read somewhere that said that if you want to get your <clears throat> one of your like highest licenses in europe you have to be ambidextrous you have to be able to hit competently with your with your off foot yeah, so otherwise, you're, otherwise your good leg would just fall off eventually. <laughs> no, that is true. But no, I think that's that's the thing. I don't even see, I don't know if maybe I'm wrong, but I, I got to the field. I don't see Todd warm up. So maybe he was ready to go with both feet. Maybe he was, I don't know. Todd is a cyborg is what we're trying to <laughs> let you all know is that Todd is actually a cyborg. Uh, again, it was a lot of fun and uh, we're going to be doing a lot more of these types of trips in the future. So you guys be on the lookout for more content. I think we got a really awesome uh, interview coming out next week with uh, OKC Energy. We do, yeah. Uh, which is, uh, honestly, those guys are hilarious. Like, those guys could be comedians themselves and uh, and they're good goalkeepers, which really upsets me because uh, <laughs> I thought I had that covered right there. Um, I've been really stoked, honestly, with the, uh, the feedback we've been getting from all you guys. Uh, the reviews are starting to pour in. Uh, remember, we got to hit that magic hundred mark before we can give out that two hundred fifty bucks. So keep them coming in. I think right now in the U.S. we're at forty-one reviews right now. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so right. Trevor, what are we at in Canada? Two. <laughs> two. Way, way to promote, Trev. I like that. I really appreciate you uh, putting all that effort into it. I put at least four or five hours in a day. Maybe it's the product, Mike. Maybe it's, okay. maybe it's just the product. So uh, I want to read one of these reviews right here because uh, this guy um, we actually ran into in uh, in Arizona. And uh, it was pretty awesome because he he joined us at the uh, at the RSL training session, right? He watched this session was, with yeah. us. Yeah, uh, former VCU goalkeeper coach uh, Tyler Schatz. Uh, shout out to Tyler. Um, great goalkeeper banter and discussion. Listen to a couple episodes now since meeting you guys in AZ, and it's been lots of fun. These are conversations I have with my friends and colleagues, and I like that other people are having them too. Trevor, you're hilarious. Omar, you have great insight. And Mike, I like that you keep it all together trying to move from topic to topic. 
Keep it going, guys. Hashtag GK Union. Uh, thanks, Shotstopper. Uh, that's his Instagram handle. <laughs> uh, honestly, that was, a, that was a great review. My favorite is that Trevor's... Trevor's hilarious, and I keep it together, and Omar's intelligent. Uh, so basically, I'm just a parent who's just trying to keep you guys under control. That's, uh, that's great. That's a, that's a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, guys, keep those reviews coming in. Uh, they've been really, really helpful for us to know what you guys are enjoying about the content, what you're not enjoying. We had a call on the hotline yesterday, and the person didn't leave a voicemail which kind of defeats the purpose of the hotline because <laughs> I would have played that on the air today. Um, so let's get into this, guys. So uh, we've been talking about trips, and we've been saying that we've got some more things planned, and we've got a big announcement for everybody, don't we, Omar? We and, sure do, yeah. And Trevor, who's still eating breakfast. I just finished my cinnamon toast crunch. It was delicious. Uh, okay, so now he's, now he's back on. Uh, guys, we are going to be officially headlining one of the biggest goalkeeper camps out there in the United States. We are headlining Camp Shutout July 21st to the 26th in the lovely Midwest. Uh, we will be out there. We're going to be doing a live podcast for all the campers. This is one of the biggest goalkeeper camps out there. I think there's close to 400 kids that come out. Uh, so it's going to be a blast of a time. We're going to be doing some content with the kids, some videos. We're going to film some sessions. Uh, we're going to hear Stan make a bunch of jokes. It's going to be it's going to be a really good time. So I'm really excited about this, aren't you? It's huge, yeah. I think it's, uh, I mean, I've known Stan, I mean, on social media for close to a year now. No, but when I found out about Stan's camp, Camp Shutout, I realized that that was, that was the gold standard for camps in the country and in the world. I mean, you have... It's the uh, Disneyland of goalkeeper camps, Omar. I, I don't know if that's branded like that, but I'm sure it should it should be. And I don't mean like 350 kids, and I guess from what I've seen in the videos, a lot of the kids grow up and they still become, you know, they still remain friends. And, you know, whenever they go off to different colleges, Stan still remains in contact with them. So I think, you know, I'm just excited to be a part of that. And not that this is the reason that, you know, you want to go to a camp or whatever, because it's more about the education, but the list of alumni from Camp Shutout, a lot of, lot of pros. It was, wasn't Andrew one of them? Yeah. Andrew Putna, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Putna was up. Put There's tons of guys, like tons and tons and tons of guys in MLS, USL, all over the world. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal. So we're really excited about yeah, it. Mike Madgett's not one of them. <laughs> and shout-outs to, to Stan Anderson uh, for, for inviting us to come because uh, this is going to be a lot of fun for everybody involved. So, uh, guys, it's, uh, if you want to find out more about Camp Shutout, it's uh, www.campshutout.com, I believe is the handle. Uh, Stan, uh, don't quote me. I'm bad at this. Um, but we're also going to have some, there's some discount codes out there and we're going to get you guys more information, uh, as the weeks progress, but we wanted to just get the information out there so you guys can start making your summer preparations. Uh, speaking of people who might be making summer preparations, Mauricio, sorry, Mauricio, sorry, might be making some summer preparations. And, uh, before we get into the rest of the episode, uh, I just want to do a quick little thing on Keppa. And, uh, and our final thoughts, because Stan had talked about this this weekend before we move on into our interview with Stan Anderson. Um, he was talking about that the manager, you know, has the, the final say. Other people have been defending Keppa. I don't really want to get into us. We've been talking about this forever. Let's just say our final pieces after Willie Caballero got the start yesterday uh, for Chelsea against Spurs. Sorry about that. Trev. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Um, so Omar, do you want to just wrap this up in a nice little bow for everybody? 
Yes, and it's like a catch twenty two. Unfortunately, you know, you never, you can't be right, can't be wrong. I mean, I, I want to be on Sorry's side and say, hey, look, you know, he's the he's the coach, and obviously, you got to respect his wishes and things like that. But at the same time, it's kind of like, what kind of a precedence have you set in the locker room where your goalkeeper doesn't want to come off when you have? The, <laughs> I felt bad for. I think the the person that I had the worst I felt uh, bad for was Willie Caballero. Guy was stretching his arms. Like I don't think he was even making contact with Kepa. If you watch the replay, he's kind of like, yo, I know you're not trying to come off, but I'm gonna go in. So I'm just gonna stretch here and not make eye contact and hopefully you come off and the poor guy had to walk back to the to the stands and then I mean it was just a, a crazy episode from there but I also felt bad for Keppa you know it's just kind of like he's been going down and people were saying that he went down because of stoppage time and he wanted to you know to waste some time to get to PKs with you know force like Man City and then it was a misunderstanding and I, I probably would have done the same thing that's what I'm like so in between about this I would have done the same thing I'm like hey coach I'm staying in I'm staying in but maybe after the seventh time he called me over I probably would have won <laughs> would have won over but uh but I think they made the right decision yesterday to, to drop him from the team and to find him just because you know you can't defy your coach like that Trev yeah I mean I'm not gonna tell you it's a hilarious situation but it is um especially because you know I don't really like Chelsea but moving on, I think it's a tough call. I mean, it's it's one where, you, I mean, I think Omar's right. You see it from both points of view. Um, but at the end of the day, the gaffer has to have control of the room, right? And if he doesn't have control of the locker room, it all spirals out of control. And we've seen it happen with many of coaches over the years. Um, so I think he's right to get dropped. And I think he's right to get fined. And if anything more, it's, it's not even against Kepa. It's just a statement of at the end of the day, he should have the last decision as a gaffer and people have to respect that. And then the funny thing is now, as you look back and like Alex Ferguson, and Arsene Wenger back in the day, um, those guys ruled the roost. No one really questioned them. If you did question them, you were on transfer papers going somewhere else where you see it now where, you know, players are such big superstars and make so much money that if they have two or three buddies in the team that don't like the manager, sometimes the manager's gone. Yep. Um, but, you know, you, you never saw that back in the day because the manager was the person. Like, can you imagine someone going to the owners of Man United back in Alex Ferguson's time being like, we're going to, you know, look to get sold or transferred if, you know, Ferguson doesn't get f- fired? They would have laughed at them and said, all right, you're, uh, you're out the door. So it's nice to see that the manager is, you know, back in control in some clubs. Uh, I think it's, I think you, regardless of where you view of, you know, Kepa versus Caballero or, or the whole thing. I think it had to be done. I, I think it's just a statement that needs to be made. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I would have loved to have seen that by the way, in the man, you days, <laughs> could you imagine that? Like, let's, let's not talk about the Schmeichel days. Cause he would never come off, <laughs> but, uh, imagine like Fabian Bartet, Tim Howard is stretching till how Tim Howard is stretching on the sidelines, getting ready to come in for a PK shootout, uh, while Fabian Bartes is in the game and Fabian Bartes waves him off and they just look <laughs> at him and they go, Oh no, dude, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, Timmy, that Timmy's coming. Yeah, that would have been crazy. That would have been coming. Uh, Michael would have torn out the goal and then left the field, so no one could keep playing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what would have happened. Uh, so that that's our final say on the whole Kepa situation. Obviously, we got to stick with the GK Union. You know, we feel for Willie, and honestly, I think that's a little bit of a tough situation in regards to the Kepa and Willie's relationship too, because. Look, whoever you meet on the way up is the people you're going to meet on the way down, too. So if there's any sort of bad blood there, it's not going to be good. I don't know what the situation is there, so I don't want to speculate. Um, but who doesn't have bad blood is everybody at Camp Shutout. And now that we're going to be going to Camp Shutout, we want to play this little interview we did in Chicago with uh, Stan Anderson, um, who started Camp Shutout. So uh, let's get to that. Welcome back to Inside the 18, Day 97 at United Soccer Coaches Convention. It's not Day 97. <laughs> it feels like Day 97, though, doesn't it? 
it's, it's been a while here. Uh, we're still here live at United Soccer Coaches Convention. Uh, probably not by the time you're listening to this podcast. It's probably, we're probably at home by then, uh, no longer being involved in anything to do with using our voice. Uh, but we've been having a blast while we've been here, and we've been running into so many different people while we've been here, and we're trying to get as much people on the air as possible. And we had to, you know, we were going to, we, we, had, we had somebody lined up at 5 o'clock, and uh, Stan Anderson, you know, he from Camp Shutout, he was here, and he was just standing there, and he was looking at us, and he was like, why can't I get on? Why can't I get on the air? And we're like, oh, oh fine. We'll get you panting. on the air. We'll get you on the air. He was panting. He was just worried. He was prancing around, and we're like, Dan Abraham's a form, you know, top performance coach. I'm so sorry. I don't know what to do to you. And then, you know, we're like, all right, fine. Here, just slip under the table. We'll get you on here. But, no, honestly, we're, we're honored to have you here. You have a very successful goalkeeper camp. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Camp Shutout? and uh, what you guys have going on. How cool is this, though? Look at, look at you guys. There's, for those, I don't know if anybody's at home at some point, you can't see this. but I'll, Oh, no, they can. They We're can. filming this. Yeah. We're, look look yeah. at this. The, the lighting here, this is different level of Podcast Row. This is, this is fantastic. Um, I, I'm, I'm stoked to be here. I was able to meet you guys, obviously, this weekend, and I've been in touch with Omar before this, and I'm, uh, I'm a fan, um, and so... To be here, I think it's uh, I think it's great. Um, I think I'm you glad have... you just said I'm a fan. You didn't specify who you're a fan of. You're I'm like a... I'm a fan. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan of both of you. In fact, I have a little fanboy for you oh, thank in you. particular. Oh, thank and you. And then Omar, I just respect. <laughs> Omar, you respect. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got one of mine here behind the I camera. Know, as I know. Well, we got so... Madden McDonald. You know, she's a. Uh, Manning the camera, and she's been doing it a great job of this the last three days. You know? Yes, yes, uh, yes. Just absolutely phenomenal job. Yes. Nobody else can sit in a chair like Madden. I'm no. just going to say that. Yeah. No, yeah. no. Um, you asked about Camp Shutout, yeah. and, um, you know, we, we've had quite an evolution. It's been going on since 89. So at the end of the day, it's, it's, uh, we're looking at now where we stand today is, is literally 300 or 100 times the growth of where we were. And that, over time, has been... I hopefully, and I believe it was organic. Um, you pay attention to what you're doing on the field, and hopefully that resonates. And somebody will tell somebody, and somebody will tell somebody, and somebody will tell somebody, and that's how we grew. Uh, we had to cap it for a while with a camp that we were with that had an allowance of only 30. So we had to, we had to be at that point for a long time. Then we made a conscious decision to, to go away and, and attract the more competitive older goalkeeper because that's who was coming to that 30-person camp. And that's really when we started growing by leaps and bounds, if you will. Our date works. It's at the end of July. Our location works. It's natural grass. Our lodging works. It's a quality hotel. Um, so we, we think we have a lot in place that makes it attractive for a goalkeeper. Fortunately, the competitive ones are, are coming to it. They're coming from around the world. We don't have all the best goalkeepers by any means, nor do we even think that. But what they do do when they arrive is they, they, they work their ass off, and I think the, the staff does a, a very good job in helping that blueprint. Yeah, you know, we had uh, Todd Hofford on, you know, who's the goalkeeper coach at Real Salt Lake, and obviously was very successful with the one-on-one uh, the, um, -on -one soccer uh, that he had going on with the goalkeeper camps for quite a while. And we were talking to him about how to run a successful goalkeeping camp, um, 
and what what are your some of what are your some of your tips for that? Um, obviously, camp shutouts going very well. If there's three facets that you would say you need in order to run a successful goalkeeper camp, not just a soccer camp, because that's that's a thing that I see a lot of times is people say these are three things you need to run a successful soccer camp, but they're not taking the fact that goalkeeping is a different animal, and so there's some other variables that come into play. So what would you say? I'd say there's probably a hundred of them. But I'll try to go three, but the, the reality is... I can't is, think of more than three, so... <laughs> I love, as I said earlier, I love this guy. Um, and I respect Omar. But I, I, think, I think there's there, there are a lot, but they don't take a whole lot of attention or need or time. But the three, I think, one is when somebody inquires to you, what happens, I believe, nowadays is people take their time to get back to somebody. And... I try to pay attention to the fact of if somebody reaches out, I try to get back within five minutes and give them some sort of an answer, you know, at least so they know they've connected to the program. And I think that helps them then go forward. Once that's established and they decide to join us, then number two would be when they show up that we actually greet them, say hello and care that they're with us. And then the third thing is, is when we're actually training, demand a lot out of them and you know there's no I don't think players have changed I think coaches have changed I think players still want that high level and want to be pushed so when they're with us to push them to levels that maybe they didn't know and that's where I think an experienced staff helps but I think those three those three things GK specific the training is GK specific and that's how I think a GK camp separates itself is an experienced staff that knows what they're doing and then can obviously deliver it. The, look, a 10-year-old can sniff out a poser, and a 17-year-old can sniff out a poser. So when that's the case, it's, it's pretty easy to go, you know what, I don't want to come back there. But GK-wise, I think it's huge that at the end of the day, they'll see somebody. If, if some, I trust. If somebody shows up and they're working with Omar, that kid is going to know this guy knows what he's doing. That's what at a goal at a goalkeeper camp. That, that's why I just send all my sessions to Omar. <laughs> that's that I think is huge because you can go to a camp, and it, it's it seems to me for a, just a soccer camp is run of the mill, and a goalkeeper camp is it's different. It's a lot of technical skill that needs to be honed. Yeah, I was saying one of the things you told me the other day was that when you have your camps and you have these goalkeeper coaches come out. Uh, you're okay with them providing their own style. You don't really, you know, hover over them and really try and, you know, make them do a certain, you know, standard or, you know, philosophy that you have. And I thought that was really interesting to me because I think I'm it's coming, into the, coming into this stuff a little bit more green than you would be at this point. Um, I kept thinking, you know, cookie cutter, it needs to be professional, that stuff. But at the end of the day, you can be professional, but at the same time, you have to give these kids an opportunity to see different types of, of styles of coaching. And when we had uh, Phil Wedding uh, come on uh, yesterday, it's been so long. We've, we've had so many podcasts, <laughs> I, don't, I, forgot, I forgot what day it is. But he came on yesterday and he said that never stop learning. Yep. You can have two different goalkeeper coaches and neither of them is right or wrong. One of them can tell you something, you, you, you like it, you don't like it, you, you keep it, you don't keep it. Other goalkeeper tells you something different and you don't like it, you do. Either way. So I think that's really fascinating that you guys have so many kids come out and they're not only learning from one goalkeeper coach, they're learning from so many. And at the end of the day, I think uh, what we should be teaching our goalkeepers, and I'm sure you guys do, is to figure out how to filter and differentiate what's good for you and what's not good for you. So I think you guys do a great job of that. And I don't know if you can elaborate on that and how the experience has been for you. 100%. It's a, it's a great 
great point. And like, what what distribution method do you prefer as a player when you play? What distribution method off the boot? What did you prefer? Drop kick, side volley. Oh, I'm, I'm a side volleyer. Yeah, okay. side volleyer. Yeah. So if you came to, I, I I chose drop kick when I when I played. I I struck a ball off the you know obviously the quick bounce half volley. Boom was drop kick, and I felt it got up and down. I could strike a better ball. Today it's more of a of a side volley. So if I'm running a, a camp and if it if it's me directing, if you will, and you come in, I would I would feel a, a complete failure if I said. Omar, we're, we're working on drop kicks today. That, that's what I want you to teach the kids. Teach them how to drop kick the ball. When you may be a master at a side volley, and the kids, half of them may be interested in wanting to procure a side volley. Oh, yeah, you've seen the instructional videos. Omar is a master at a side volley. <laughs> he hits that post over and over and over again. Exactly. And it only took 75 takes. We get back to that respect point. <laughs> and, and, but if you can teach that, that's what... That's the kid gets better. It's player-centered. You teach what you feel you can pass on to a kid. And for me, if I'm going to be doing that, I'm going to be working on, for me, a drop kick. And I'm going to show them that, you know, maybe this is for some of you and some of you it's not. You're going with the wind, against the wind, different times, different places for that type of distribution. And so it, it goes, obviously, for every facet of it, the going to the ground, a simple collapse, or or even going to parry a ball. Should, should I hold on to it? Do I want the arm, underarm to slide through and keep uh, just my hand on top? All that type of stuff. And, you know, you, you should teach what you feel you can teach best. You know, one thing I think that makes a successful goalkeeper camp, and, uh, and you do this, is and in there is a representation right here, literally sitting at a chair right here, is kids who attend the camps and then come back to assist at the camps. That's how you develop the next generation of goalkeeper coaches because they are so passionate about the experience and they had so much fun at the camp experience. They want to come back and give back to the kids that have been in their position before. Huge. And, and we do it not just there, meaning that we'll bring them back, but at FC United, we'll do it with our olders and youngers. Our Trevians, which are 7, 8, 9, 10-year-olds, our older goalkeepers, our 17s and 19s DA kids, they are the ones that run our Trevian goalkeeper sessions. We really? have a coach that oversees it and just is there, but they're the ones that execute the session. And, you know, look, we all know there's a shortage. Can of I new, hire them? Is yes, that you can. Okay, cool. Yes, you can. There's a shortage of good goalkeeper coaches. And if we're, if we're not procuring the next generation, then we're failing again. So obviously what we want to do is we want to bring them back their staff assistants. And so they assist a staff member. And when they grow out of college, then if numbers allow, if time allows, career allows, then they'll come back and they'll serve as a staff member. And, you know, then they may go on, and we've had many go on. You know, Brad Swimby's over with uh, Soccers here in Chicago, and uh, he's their director of goalkeeping. And he was with us, played for me at UWM. Chris Dadian's my right-hand guy. He played for me, attended the camp, and, you know, so many others. So I think it's huge. I think it's necessary. I see a lot of people who run camps in the summertime and then they try to replicate what they do in the wintertime with their winter camps. And as you know, the winter camps are a very different animal than the summer camps based on availability, based on uh, conditions and regions. um, And also the fact that people play soccer in certain areas at a certain time of the year and other times at other times of the year, especially when we're talking about the recreational level. So what advice would you give to people who are trying to run a winter camp? Because it is the winter time right now and uh, that's different than the summer. Yeah. Well, I think you put something out for December 14th, 15th, and you know how many people that you can host there and have it run smoothly. Registrations go bonkers and you're very stoked 
And all of a sudden you start getting greedy and thinking, I can fit 20 more kids. And instead of thinking quality, you start thinking, yeah, I can bring them, we'll make it work. You know, that's a, that's a, a big mistake, but a very, very common mistake. So understand what type of facility you have. We, we run a winter event at Aquinas, and at Aquinas it, it can hold about 60 to 70 goalkeepers. That's what it is. So we know that that's, what we'll, that's what we'll have on the surface. It's not a full field, so we feel, we feel good with that. Um, I think that's a, a, a massive mistake. As far as residential in the winter and these type of things, that's a completely different animal as well. So. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Someone just literally just walked by, and I was like, oh, hey. Uh, I was completely <laughs> distracted. I don't have the attention span to there's see somebody walk there's by and look there, at me there's a squirrel. and be like, and that's the problem with us being in display here. It's like yes. we're at the zoo, essentially. <laughs> it's like just a goalkeeping zoo, and just goalkeeper coaches are just hanging out. Can I bring plexiglass like, next year? By the way, here's my favorite thing. So all these podcasts here are all walking around, and they all sound very interesting, and they all sound very specific, and people are like, oh, that looks interesting, that looks interesting. And then they walk by mine. And they're like, I have no idea what that is. I don't know what that is. That looks scary. I don't think I want to have anything to do with that. People literally have scurried away from this table because they're like, goalkeeping, keep me out of that. Is Omar the face of this? Because I, I have a feeling that people are coming by and saying, Omar, Omar. Oh, oh my gosh. All right, we'll catch up. Uh, so, Stan, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but we did want to get you on to talk about Camp Shutout. So where, if people want to reach out about going to Camp Shutout, where's the best place for them to reach out to you? First of all, they should reach out to Pro GK. That's that's first and foremost. Okay. That's, uh, what about the LA Goalkeeping I'm not paying for this. <laughs> <laughs> what about the LA Goalkeeping Academy? LA GKA, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what I found out about Madden here. I, that's outstanding. Um, look, the, uh, social media, uh, Omar and I talked about that the other night, and, and that's they're va- it's available to reach us uh, Instagram camp underscore shutout and Twitter camp shutout and uh, email and you, or the you website. You guys do a great or, job with the social media, by the way. We try. You know, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of people out there who, like myself, who try to utilize social media. And if, if you talk to Omar, he's like, "Dude, just stop posting because yeah. you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> it's embarrassing." Do you know what a hashtag is? I I think so. A hashtag is when you have a conversation with somebody, right? <laughs> That's what I thought it was. I like these guys. Yeah, well, sorry. I respect. <laughs> I respect Omar, and I love you. By the way, here's the funniest thing, and I, I told this story uh, <laughs> on a, on an earlier episode. But uh, when I got the uh, when we LA Goalkeeping Academy, not me, when LA Goalkeeping Academy got the award um, last night, the Tony DiCicco Award. Fantastic. Uh, I came up to Anthony to say, "Hey, thank you. I just really want to appreciate it." And he's like, "I don't know if you were," and he's like, "Oh, there's no way I could ever forget you." <laughs> How cool is that? It is cool. It is cool. I made quite an impression at Soccer Plus. I never got invited back, but I'm sure I did a good job while I was. <laughs> I'll bet you did. I, I'd like to have maybe maybe one of these shows with these lovely lights and, and Madden, obviously, as well. Maybe I would love to do a stand-up show. Honestly, Shutout. to be honest, I would love to do a stand-up show at Camp Shutout. I think, I, think I, I would be all about it. We would have a, a captive audience. Yeah. I think we could have some... some, uh, some uh, Questions that come through. Shannon Smith walking by, an Irish, former Irish international. Yeah. Don Crow, a four-time NCAA champion in North Carolina. Wow. What you see here is unbelievable. It is amazing. You're just walking by, and you're like, oh, I can just grab this person and just throw them 
I saw. That's what happened to me. Yeah, yeah. I think that's literally <laughs> what happened to you. Uh, you know, uh, obviously, dear friends of mine, the Cooligans, they they're here too, um, yep. along with Total Soccer Show, and uh, they're over on, over on the podcast at the at the very beginning, and they see Jermaine Jones walk by. And they just literally leap off the table and grab Jermaine. Jermaine, I don't think, knows what's going on. I think he thinks he's getting arrested. Like, I don't know if he knows exactly what's going on right here. But it's, it's a crazy type of thing, situation. And he sits down and he's like, oh, what, what are we doing, a podcast? Okay, this is great. Uh, and one, one quick story about yeah, Jermaine. Yeah. I, I coached against Absolute him. sweetheart, by the way. Just absolute sweetheart. Well, I think, I think my story might go to a little different direction. Well, he's off the field here. <laughs> Let's go. Jermaine Jones, sweetheart. I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. And maybe we'll just segue right off of there. But. I coached against you once when Chicago won. John Bush was in goal, but we're going to stay at sweetheart, so we'll leave it at that. <laughs> no, off the field, you know how people are off the field versus on the field. It's yes. very, it's very, it's oh, very yeah, absolutely. And 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 he was a, what my story was on the field. He's a competitive man. Oh, absolutely. A very, very, very competitive man. Yeah. And uh, we got the win, that, and it's rare, but yeah. you know we got the win with Chicago, and uh, it was a good result that night. But uh-huh. that was my one MLS game, and I, I coached John Bush to a victory, and I take very little credit. But publicly, I'm going to say it was all me. So. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure Bushy will say the exact yeah, same thing. Yeah, exactly. Sure. He's, 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 all, he's, he's, all, he's, all, he's saying, say, I think there was a guy there <laughs> He, he hit a couple balls at me. I don't yeah. know. I, don't I, know I wasn't even on. allowed to do that. I was banned from that, I think. So <laughs> I was at least at the Soft toss. Line. Soft toss. Exactly. Exactly. He did some soft toss. Well, Stan, thanks for having uh, uh, I, I now, now I'm tongue-tied here. Thanks for – for a second, I just said thanks for having us on. <laughs> Hey, I, next week we'll be uh, with different guests. Omar and I will be here hosting <laughs> the uh, LAGK Academy podcast. I don't know who the man in the middle is, but next week we'll have someone else here. And um, it's nice having everybody with us. So enjoy the rest of the show. We'll edit this. It'll be up shortly. We're out, everybody, later. <laughs> and we're back. I love Stan. He's pretty funny. I think he's, he was picking on you a lot. It was pretty funny to me, though, but... No, good dude. It was great, I man. I appreciate Stan for that personally. <laughs> well, so there's a great story in regards to to Stan in Chicago, which is uh, where Trevor had uh, this uh, monstrosity of a piece of equipment. First that, off, uh, can we can we call it what it is? It's amazing. Okay, yeah, it's a, it, it's this this deflector type. I thought it was something that ma- was made by like the machines during the Terminator <laughs> uh, time period in that alternate timeline where they took over the world, and uh, and it was. How heavy was that thing? No, it was Trevor. It was hilarious. So I, so you, you delivered it to my friend's house. I think it was on Wednesday, and I, I think Mike came the following day. So I waited till the following day to bring it to uh, the convention center, and then I take it out of my Uber, which the I felt bad because the Uber driver had to literally lift it, lift it out of his car. Put that in the Uber. <laughs> yeah. I, put it, I put it in the trunk. He luckily had a sedan, uh, sedan so we got we were able to put it in there. We took it out. It was like my yeah, it's like got so much better. Oh, 75 to 80 pounds. And, and then I called Mike. Oh, God. So I called Mike. I'm like, Mike, can you come down real quick? He's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Not knowing what he's getting himself into. It comes I had down. No clue. Comes down. And I've never seen Mike. Mike was just like, don't talk to me. Look forward. Just walk. I can't, I can't do two things. Just walk. And it was, uh, to me, it was probably the first time I've ever seen Mike vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time he saw me really struggle because he hasn't seen me in a PK shootout. Uh, uh, that's yeah, that's that's the reason. Um, no, yeah, terrible <laughs> joke. Uh, listen, but uh, it was it was fun uh, trying to get uh, Stan 
that because he had to take it in like a wheelbarrow. Oh man. Oh my I think we had to get a dolly. I yeah. think we had to get a dolly it was a last from night. the convention center yeah. to get it to his truck. That was pretty wild. I mean he, I don't think he knew what he got himself into. He's like, Oh, I'll take that and we got it and he's like, Okay, that's so. not what I expected. But luckily finally we got that because we would have had to find a FedEx or UPS to send that back. So thank God we Oh yeah, took and care and I'm it. sure it's getting great use. I'm sure at Camp Shutout we're gonna have a fun little story <laughs> with uh with that pro deflect over oh, there. He's been using it a ton. You know, uh, you, get that, you go get that at obviousports.com, people. It's four different ranges. There you go. Where's the ad read money for that one, Trev? Come on. Can't just, uh, can't just throw my, that in there. That it's, my personal, it's my personal humor and charm that I put on this podcast weekly that I don't get paid for because I love <laughs> it. Okay, so let's uh, let's get into uh, the week in goalkeeping, and we're going to really focus on MLS because this is our big MLS preview. First off, what I want to start with is uh, speaking of people who've used Kevin a pro Harvey, deflect. Kevin makes a comeback. No, we're starting with some people who've been playing in Europe and are coming back to MLS, or never actually have been in MLS, but they have been in the U.S. pool for a long time. Kenton Westberg, Quentin Westberg, remember that name? He was uh, supposed to be one of the big-time keepers for the U.S. men's national team. He was literally Quentin Westberg. I'm going to be honest with you. I know most things in this regard. I have no idea who this person is. So Quentin Westberg, French-American, he was in the U.S. pools. He was in that class with, like, Josie Altidore, Freddie Adu, yada, yada, yada. Remember the class that went to the 20s, uh, to Copa America, that 20s class that— that uh, when Messi was there and like they actually did halfway decent for a bunch of young kids playing in Copa America. Um, th- he was from that class and uh, he's been primarily, he started out in Ligue 1 and uh, he spent most of his career in Ligue 2, which, uh, wow, I watched some videos from Ligue 2. Uh, I thought I was watching high school soccer. Uh, those stadiums are not the level of a PSG or a, or a Monaco or Lyon or anything, are they? Nah, that's crazy though. I mean, that just shows you you gotta love it, right? Like it just shows the guys. Even I had friends too who went to like Sweden and they're playing like on a golf resort or like you know on, on a field that's not really professional. And then you gotta like program your mind to be like it's worth it, and you gotta stick it through. So respect to him. I mean, he had, he's had a pretty long career. Yeah, he's had a great career. He's 32 years old now, I believe, and he's just joined Toronto FC, and. Uh, you know, we were watching some highlights of him. He's not a bad goalkeeper. I mean, he's he's obviously had a career where he's been playing at a professional level consistently for a long, long time. And uh, but I I gotta be honest, whoever did his highlight reel, hilarious, <laughs> hilarious. Trev, I don't know if you got a chance to watch this, dude. It is not, Mike. it's to a Nelly soundtrack, oh, and God, there's really? sh- and there's shots of him running on a track, doing bounds, and then just like freezes of him like parrying the ball and then stopping and then just like a lot of bounding work yeah you would expect i mean professional level he'd probably have a better you know higher production value but uh it was still good i mean he still showed no he showed some some levels but it was a little odd right but let's be honest it was a little different omar tell me tell me that's not a video you get to cal state la (laughs) from like a a u16 player like trying to get into cal state la like that's basically what it was if all else fails guys if the music is good i'm still gonna listen so i'll still i'll probably still watch so let's talk about this alex Bono's been having issues lately in regards to his play with Toronto FC. Honestly, Toronto FC has been having issues with their play with Toronto FC. Yeah. Um, can Quentin Bestberg beat out Alex Bono? Uh, I think the door is open. How about that? The door is simply there and open. Okay. And is that the reason why they brought him in? Because they're like, woo, we don't know if Bono is, is really the guy. Because for a while, we thought he was a national team player. No, 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 no. You... Thought it was that he was a national team player. Good keeper. Never thought he was where they were trying to put him. 
Okay. Do you think oh, he, I'm, I'm this. I just figured there was better options? Yeah, no, I mean, I think he, he had that, that one year where uh, I forgot who was the starting goalkeeper for Toronto that the year he subbed in. Quint Irwin. Oh, yeah. that's Didn't right. He, he got Quint Irwin, he got injured or something, and then that's how Bono he came yeah, in. Yeah, but to be honest, Omar, I, I mean, and this has been a comment I've heard from many people. That TFC team that year was so good, and this is nothing to, to slag that, Bono. That on. I could have played in goal? Omar could have played in goal. Let's, let's go up a few times. <laughs> but yes, no, like, I mean, you could have had a good level MLS keeper, which he is, in goal, and the season would have been the same. You didn't need a superstar at times in that in that game. You just need a solid MLS goalkeeper, which I, I think he is, and I think he yeah. you know, will develop over time. Um, and they could have done the same job, right? It's just that team was so brilliant that year and so sound that uh, you didn't need a, a standout in goal. But, you know, obviously it made him look good. He was part of a big team. Um, and, you know, at the time, Bradley, Altador were in the U.S. team. Uh, you know, Javinko brought a lot of attention to the club. You know, it was a great opportunity for him, and, and he took it. So, you know, you know props to him on that is, is he took it and ran with it. But now, like like a lot of keepers, um, you have that moments of where you shine real bright, and then you kind of fall in that lull, and it's how you get yourself out of that lull to get back in the uh, the showcase again. For sure, yeah. That's That's been the tough part, though, is that I think – I mean, he he's done well when he's played for the national team, had no issues there, uh, which is like – to me, I don't know if he turns it up another notch or maybe he got complacent with uh, with Toronto. But I think last year I would watch a lot of the highlights of just MLS games. Then every time the Toronto game would come on, he would, you know, he's kind of turned into that uh, Sean Johnson per se, where like you feel like okay, you're holding your breath every time the ball gets shot at him or, or the ball gets passed back to him because you go, he might, he he may be due for a, a mistake today. So I hope he bounces back. He's still young, so I think that's the best thing. But I think Toronto's got to be patient with him, and it's always it's always crappy when you're playing for a team that's going through it and you. You're one of the focal points that you know what I'm saying you always think hey I'm not a bad team I want to I want to shine but when that level brings you down as well it, it doesn't bode well for you so I'm hoping Toronto and they've invested a lot in him and I think the recent call-ups will be good for him to for them to be hey you know what this is an investment we want to keep for years but he did have the I think Toronto lost five to one to Las Vegas lights not too long ago and he had two or three huge mistakes out of the back playing out of the back so like Trevor said, maybe it was the cause of uh, overhype. Well, to we, be fair, you know that there was point shaving in that game. So, <laughs> no, but like I like Trevor, like you said, it's that it's, was uh, funny, Mike. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I do what I can. Uh, but he looked at me, Trey. He like kind of angled his body, looking at me like this is about to be the funniest joke ever, Omar. <laughs> um, but no, no, <laughs> no. But uh, just to finish off the point, I think he is a great, you know, he's a great goalkeeper. He has great size. He is due for a mistake here and there. But if he can gain his consistency back, I think um, him, Zach Steffen. Maybe even I don't know, maybe Bill Hamid, but like those two for sure could be the the two the two moving forward for us in the future. Maybe even Tyler Miller as well. I forgot about forgot about him, but yeah, we'll see. Well, let's let's jump into this MLS preview right now while Trevor's in a good mood after I made him laugh. So let's. That's a good call. Let, so what we're gonna do right now, guys, is, as opposed to everybody else out there, we're not ESPN FC who's gonna sit there and talk about who's gonna finish top of the table, who's gonna make the playoffs, who's gonna. Yada, 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 because that's boring and that's not interesting to us. So what we're going to do is we're going to give our predictions for the year, our specific predictions. Some of them are silly. Some of them are real. Some of them are completely insane. Uh, so who wants to start, guys? Who's got who's got a solid prediction here? Let's go with Omar. Since I've, Omar can go since I have no idea what we're doing. All right. So for me, I think so. My, my friends and I, we, my friends and I, well, we got to watch a little bit of the highlights of uh, Colorado Rapids versus the Galaxy this weekend. How and many friends? Colorado, How many friends? 
No, no, no. We just I, I saw. You him. made friends come <laughs> over and watch highlights of the Galaxy versus the Rapids. Are you trying to lose friends? What no, we're this? we're we're Galaxy fans, so I mean we're, we we got to keep it real. So we we uh, we talked about the game a little bit, and we realized, damn, Colorado Rapids are back. You know, maybe the Galaxy didn't have you know Geo and. Uh, uh, and Johnny, but I think is that going to make a difference? Honestly, like no, it would have made a difference. But do you, you know, realize just, the Galaxy's uh, campaign this year is just showing old video from like '96? Uh, Chris Klein's got to go, man. I don't know what, what he's doing there anymore. But I think, yeah, my my prediction is that Tim Howard, as well as the Colorado Rapids, are on the Colorado Rapids train. Tim Howard will have a resurgence this year, and while he did say it was his last year, I think he'll play so well. And Colorado will do so well that he will be enticed and incentivized to come back for one more year. In other words, Zach McMath will be on the staff of Inside the 18 by the end of the year. Uh, is that what you're saying? Man, I felt bad for no, Zach no, no, McMath. No, 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 no. Zach McMath is not there. Oh, he's not. Uh, Where is he? Where is he now? He is at the Whitecaps. Oh, that's right. He moved in the offseason. I forgot Clint about Clint Irwin that. now is backing up at Colorado where he was prior before he went to TFC. And our boy Andre Rawls is... Uh, Third there. That's ah. right. Rawls is in Colorado now. I knew he had moved somewhere. Yeah. No, but on, a, on, a, on that note, too, since we're talking you about see Zach that, Ron? You see, Ron, I have information sometimes, Ron. <laughs> well, since we're talking about uh, Zach McMath, I do feel bad, man. He's had a, one of those careers where he came out. He came from Maryland, right? Uh, the, Zach McMath? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he had a great, yeah, great start to his career. Maccabi Youth National Team player. Oh, wow. Yeah, he That's played for the, the Jewish <laughs> national team. Well, then you had... Then they, thing, they were, he's on Philly, and then they, yeah. they, they drafted Andre Blake number one overall. I mean, that, would, that must have been a, a gut punch if, you ever, if I've ever seen one before. So let me get back to my other one. Okay, so after the... I'm kind of stealing a little bit of Mike's thunder on this one, but after the Galaxy dropped their first 10 games and they have 30 goals against, they will be calling in Petr Cech from Arsenal. And this is honestly one that I've been I've been praying for because I think uh, he'll do a better job than Cudicini or anybody will probably do a better job than Cudicini, honestly. But you know how I feel about that. I was heartbroken. Uh, I know, man. But I think if if uh, if our, if uh, the Galaxy don't have the greatest start to the season, they will be calling in reinforcements, and I think that's the one you got to call because Petacek, unfortunately, Leno. If you guys watched the game this weekend, Leno had a amazing game. So I think he's finally finding his groove and the team is finally have Ozil back in the lineup now. So I think everyone's trying to use the sunshine. I think he could use a little vitamin C. He should, yeah. I mean, it's a tough part about the family issue. I don't know what his family is up to or like, you know, if they love it there or the Czech Republic, whatever. But anyways, that's that one. And my... Omar, who was the goal for the Galaxy this weekend? Uh, I think it was... I think Dave Bingham got hurt though. He, uh, Lampson came in uh, in the first 10 minutes. What what gloves was Lampson wearing? Oh, I'm not sure. I, I didn't. I didn't check that. Out. I know he was wearing Viper de Guantasoros that are restocking next week, coming back in. <laughs> no, I think Dave Bingham. He, of he, course, he, it's restocking, <laughs> Trev. Everything's restocking at Aviada. Uh, but no, I think Bing- balls. Okay, they got sent. No, they haven't been sent. Yet. I, I I know they got sent. I saw the order go out. I haven't seen any balls yet. Uh, no one likes you, Mike. <laughs> Let's see. And my last one, my last prediction here, and I'm really hoping it's not true, but. I'm hoping that Tyler Miller has a great year. I think he's due for it. I think the last... Uh, Wait, why are you hoping that's not true? Oh, because you're I'm a Galaxy, Galaxy fan. fan. Okay. But I think he's uh, he's a good dude. Um, I've seen some of the stuff he's on on social media and helping out kids and all that stuff. So I have a soft spot for him. I really hope... Ever since he came out of Northwestern, I I, like I played against him my sophomore year. Uh, and he was it's All-American or whatever. You know, all this stuff that, that came out about him. And then when he came last year, he had a rough start, rough go at the, in the MLS. 
Uh, of course, you got to get acclimated and kind of situated, and you're not supposed to be the starter at first, but he kind of figured it out, and towards the end of the year, he had some great games, which gave him uh, the opportunity to be with the national team. So I'm hoping he has a great year, and I think I think he will. I think the way the the, the team is set up, especially with the, the new We Are LAFC documentary just came out on ESPN+. Plus. Like, you know, he's, he's he seems like a good dude, so... I'm hoping yeah, that's he does not a well. rip off of the Man City in any way. Oh, not it? at all, not at all. But hey, everyone's doing it now, and it's pretty cool for us. Yeah. We're outsiders. Trev, you got any any predictions? Here we go. Bump bump. So I uh, and I'm actually I, I did read the rundown. I saw Mike's, but I'm stealing this because he's my boy. I think the Montreal Impact will finally win the MLS Cup. I really mean that. Wow. Okay, and I think Evan Bush is going to have an even better year than he had two seasons ago, which he did not get enough accolade and props for. And I'm not just saying this because he's a buddy, but I really do think he's going to have an amazing solid year. And I think he will get MLS keeper of the year. Wow. I think now, I mean, look, my, my comments are also very biased. I think Maxim Crapo at the white caps will take over as a number one and have an unbelievable year as well. And I believe that Andre Rawls will find some time to shine this year. I think Tim Howard, I'm, I'm with Omar. I think he's going to have an actually excellent year this year. But I think Rawls is going to come in uh, and get some game time and show he's able to be an MLS starter. But I think Evan Bush is going to have a standout year this year. When when will Rawls get time in the U.S. Open Cup? When? I don't know. I, I think maybe Howard gets a little Achilles injury for two or three weeks. Rawls comes in, kills it for him, plays over Irwin. Howard comes back. Something like this happens again off and on because Timmy's old. He needs a little break here and there. Um Pull the LeBron, just sit out a game type of thing? Yeah, you know, they're playing on turf, and he pulls the Thierry Henry, where he's just like, I don't want to play on turf. So he doesn't, minus the French accent, of course. I was going to say, that's um, not bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that's going to happen. Now, are those all A-team Aviata keepers? Of course. Am I plugging it? Yeah, because I'm a terrible person. But I do think they're all true. Okay, so those are those are your predictions right there. Okay, I, I'll take those. I'll take those. I think those are all solid predictions. I mean, and, and even though they are blatant product placement, uh, they are legitimate predictions, unlike mine. Uh, so let's get into mine right here. Okay. <laughs> you're a dreamer, Mike. You're a dreamer. Okay. So here's my first one. Zach Steffen will be shut down by the Columbus crew, a la a Joel Embiid, after colliding with Fernando Adi in the first swing state derby in Cincy. Columbus is going to claim that there's no collusion with City Football Group, but then immediately announce that Sean Johnson has been shipped by NYCFC to Columbus in exchange for a supplemental draft pick in 2072 and 39 cents of TAM. Okay. Good Lord, Mike. Did you we spend three hours serious. doing this? <laughs> I know. Look, I've spent some time putting these together, okay? <laughs> uh, this is clearly going to happen, guys. Come on. Um, I'm obviously being very realistic here. Uh this, this kind of sucks because this kind of now doesn't seem as, uh, as great because of Omar's prediction. But uh, after starting the season 0-8, oh, completely stolen by me, uh, <laughs> the Galaxy panic, and instead of starting uh, and going out and trying to get Petr Cech, they're going to start a new homegrown signing, okay? And this is going to be 14-year-old Dwayne Logan of Manhattan Beach. And despite Dwayne being a 5-5 ASO all-star with no club experience... L.A. states he's the only goalkeeper in the South Bay, not currently on trial with a Bundesliga club. So, uh, That's actually funny. <laughs> yeah. so the L.A. Galaxy continue on their solid 
solid decision making uh, during the the Chris Klein era. Wait, real quick though, for yeah. the Galaxy Twos, you said Eric Lopez and uh, Eric Lopez and Alejandro, yeah, are the only two goalkeepers. Only two goalkeepers there right now. What what happened to Wade Hamilton? Is Wade what? Wade's Wade's in with LFC. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't know dude. if he's signing now, but he was on trial with them. Yo, he's good, man. Trev, I don't know. I've, I'm sure you know you know him now, but he's he was so good in college, dude. That guy. I don't know if he. He needs to get some minutes. Here's my favorite part about the whole Alejandro thing. So this uh, Alejandro Torres, who uh, came from the Marseille Academy uh, in Spain. Shout out to Alejandro if he's listening right now and uh, improving his English by listening to our podcast, which I think is obviously the way to do it. Um, is that uh, I was like to Omar, I was like, hey, man, here's this guy. I was like, he reached out to me about doing some training while he's here because he's on trial with the Galaxy. Would you be interested? In, and Omar's like, Oh, I don't know, man. It's like, we got some pretty good goalkeepers at Cal State LA. I don't know if we'd be able to find a place for him. And then like, I reach out a couple weeks later. I'm like, oh, yeah, he he's one of the two keepers at G2. And and, and Omar's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, he's from what I heard. But not is, So is Vom Stieg the third choice now with the Galaxy? So Vom Stieg will be third as he was last year in the first team. And then I think he'll probably drop down to play USL games. Or he'll get loaned out. I don't, with, with Lampson coming in, it's a weird dynamic there. Yeah, because... Well, Lampson's a legitimate MLS keeper, so yeah, but they love Bingham. They love Bingham there. I mean, he's got a lot of upside, bro. I mean, I, he's had he has great feet, good shot stopper. He's the consistency has been an issue. Bingham, Bingham, yeah. Upside, he's like thirty. No, 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 but he's got uh, he has great distribution, and he's not he's pretty bold with his distribution. He's a good okay. shot stopper, but I think you know if it's like I said, investment investment wise, if we wanna if we wanna go down one road, uh, he's won the national team for a little bit too. That's true. No, he yeah, was. He almost got to the World Cup. So I he think actually had a good game in a January camp. He did. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. That's that's. Anyways, next one. Okay. So and here's my final prediction: is uh, Orlando's Greg Ranjitsing dominates MLS, earning Orlando the top spot going into the All Star break. I know this is this is definitely a dreamland. When asked how he dominates the league, he simply responds, "It's the only way I can get Trevor Styles to return my phone call." <laughs> <laughs> I like Greg. He's a good dude. So shout out to Greg if you're listening to this. After that Aviata shout out, I had to put this in there. Oh man, the most shameless plug I've ever seen. I loved it. <laughs> I would love I I would love for this to happen. He becomes an MLS All Star and he does the exact same thing in the MLS All Star game. <laughs> it would be nothing short of incredible. And then I'll go. And then you would still forget to return party. his call the next hey, day. Hey, hey, I wired him money that night to go party and celebrate. All right. All right. Um, That's what a good person I am. Okay, so let's let's go into our goalkeeper of the year predictions. Um, let's uh, let's go with Omar first because Trevs are just going to be all A team members. <laughs> no, they're not. Yes, they are. Uh, I'm going to go with Andre Blake. I think that's my number one overall pick, just because I, mean, I don't think Zach Steffen's fulfilling the whole year, so I w- that would have been my, also my, my other pick as well. But I think Andre Blake is, uh, I mean, he had one before, but I think he's due for it again. He had a great season last year. I think Philly had a resurgence as well, like last uh, last little push for the playoffs. Uh, he's a great goalkeeper. I've actually When been- is Philly going to finally make it over that hump? That's Never? That's the, never? Okay. I don't they're, know. They're cursed. They just don't spend money, do they? It's an odd club. I mean, they make some odd decisions. Remember that crazy goalkeeper they brought in? Oh, my God, that Algerian guy? Who, uh, I mean, we went through the story, right, where he was told, there's some altercation, there's some fighting stuff, and he was told to go home, like, just go home and relax. Yeah. And, and right? Uh, and he took it literally, and he actually flew home. <laughs> to Algeria? 
No, he was living in France at the time. He flew oh, France, to okay. France the next day. They meant like go home for the weekend, like to your house here. I'm at the training Monday, and he flew home to France and then never returned. It's that's a translation issue, right? Yeah, <laughs> French is English very different. That's, you know? that's incredible. Uh, no, but I think uh, I mean I've been following Andre Blake since he was at UConn. Uh, when my buddies played uh, with him there, so I kind of had a little connection with the oh, team. He was such a beast there. He was a he was a beast, man. Yeah, I watched he was also play. three years older than everyone else. That is true, but I, let's, I watched let's not play. let's not forget this though, right? When he came in with Zach McMath, when Zach McMath had had three seasons in MLS, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, this guy coming straight out of college, he's going to outplay McMath." Da, 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 da. They were the same age. <laughs> that is true, and he's with the Jamaican national team too. So I think that also gives him a little bit more of uh, you know good experience and, and higher higher. Uh, level game so i don't know but i'm 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 hoping he has, has another breakout year i don't know when is it when is the day he's gonna say you know what mls i've done enough here let's go to europe let's go somewhere else well but, he re-upped he re-upped for a contract there is he, oh, a, he did is he a tam player now i don't, I don't know. know here's here's a question though to you omar and this happens and we've seen it and we saw sean johnson go through it we saw bill hamid go through it do these guys try to go over too late do you, yeah. you know, like, I mean, Bill finally went and, and unfortunately didn't work out for him. Or maybe it did. Maybe he just wanted to go over to give DCU or DC United a little kind of oomph and then came back and signed a new better contract. So maybe, maybe it did work out. Maybe that was his game plan in the whole, whole, the whole run of it. But, you know, for me, if Andre Blake's going to go, he's got to go. Like, Zach Steffen's going at the right age. Like, you yeah. can't sit. And the thing is now is, but maybe, maybe when, when, you know, when we were involved in stuff back in the day, the dream was always to, to go either back over to Europe or go play in Europe. But maybe the MLS is good enough now. Maybe guys are getting paid well enough. Maybe they're enjoying enough that it's fine to have your career in MLS. Maybe you don't need to go over to the Bundesliga or, I mean, obviously the Prem's the Prem. We, we all sign, you know, and give our left knee up, which unfortunately wouldn't allow us to play. I'd sign to play in the Bundesliga. I, I remember you, you said you were willing to go and play in Bundesliga 3 for some sauerkraut. <laughs> no, that was, I was going to play in Spain, uh, the Liga 3, B, to play for, like, tacos and sit on the beach all day. Yeah. No, I'm, still, I'm, still, I'm still up for that. <laughs> they want to sign me. Um, tacos are not a Spanish cuisine, sir. I know. That's why I said it. I know. <laughs> Guys, no, but it, tapas, but I'll take it. Anyways, regardless, we're getting on tangent here, Mike. Get your moderation going on. Um, maybe guys are happy just chilling with MLS on. Maybe guys are really happy just, you know, making their 150 to 300 grand uh, doing the thing here and not going over there. And maybe it's just because it's easier. Maybe they, they don't feel as threatened or have to climb the chain uh, to get to the top, right? Maybe it's just yeah. an easier road. I was just looking at that. I was like looking at some of the MLS player salaries, like being ma- making 120 to 200K to sit on a bench and not have to worry about the stress of being a starting goalkeeper. That's not bad. No, Mike, not bad. That, Mike, that was your, your dream job right there. Let me be honest with you. Yeah. No, but I think um, just to finish that point, I think Trev, like you said, it is. It's getting to the point now where the MLS. I mean, it, I'd rather stay. It's comfortable, right? Like you get to be the starter. You're making decent money. I mean, by all accounts, here in the U.S., like 150 to 300 thousand dollars is is really good. Um, and then you know to go into another to a foreign land. I think uh, Bill and me did okay. Where in Michigan is that where he went? He didn't do okay. He never played. No, no. I'm saying that like when he went, okay. he was. It was potential he could be the starter, and then the starting goalkeeper had this crazy run of form. I think they won the league. So I mean, it's it's unfortunate that it happened that way, but I think I don't. I wouldn't tell him. I don't. I wouldn't say he made a mistake. I think it's just unfortunate circumstances, and luckily he, he was able to come back. But I think the league is getting good enough now. Where I mean, we have so many good American goalkeeper coaches and good American goalkeepers coming in the youth system right yeah. now that it's it's crazy. People are getting pumped in and out. So I think uh, American soccer, whether the the big timers go play in Europe, I guarantee you there's going to be an academy guy. 
guy or young guy from college that's coming in that's going to do a, a sufficient job as well. You can't tell me at a smaller club in Denmark, uh, like a Michelin or, or whatever, which I don't think is a smaller club in Denmark. It's just a smaller club in the European scale. Mm-hmm. Um, that you have that there's going to be a goalkeeper coach that's better than like a Todd Hofford. Like, you know, like, I mean, there's some legitimate goalkeeper coaches in MLS, like really good guys. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough though. We talked to Phil Wedden a few weeks ago. And like I told you, he just like, he always said it's the goalkeeping position is so hard, especially with coaching is that anybody, everybody say everybody can do a better job than you in a sense, right? Like it's all preference for the, for the goalkeeper. So I think when I watched Todd Hofford's session, I thought he was to me. I was I was I wasn't expecting much just because you know we we I only got to know him just through communication. But when you see the guy on the field, you just go wow! Like every distribution is clean. He can hit, he, he can hit the ball both uh, with both feet. His uh, his verbiage, the way he communicates with the players, is short, concise, but to the point, and everything is you know very adequately put. So for me, we got to send the soundbite to Todd. He's just <laughs> literally gonna love it. No, but no, that's yeah. So I don't he'll be know. like, how do you start a podcast? How do you do this? <laughs> no, but I think yeah, that's just to finish off my point. I think the U.S. system right now is we have a lot of good goalkeeping education and a lot of young good goalkeepers coming through and I think uh, it's going to be the place to be where where you probably won't find anything better in terms of if you want to further your career as you know as a, as a player um, Trev do you have anybody other than Evan Bush in mind or is, is that the only guy really on your radar I think Bush is going to do it I uh, that's I'm just going to I'm just going to leave it there you know what I mean I if I had to choose someone who wasn't one of my guys who would I go with no, 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 no. You know what? Believe it or not, I'm going to say Sean Johnson. I was going to say Sean Johnson. So, I mean, that's perfect because I think that he's really, I think he's taken his game to another level. Yes, I think that it's for him, it's just a consistency. And I think that's going to come in. Um, that move to NYCFC, I think, was the best thing for him. I thought you were saying Brian Rowe. I thought, I thought you... uh, here's the real answer when who starts at Orlando? Did you see the game? Greg Ranjinsing, we already said this. He's going to be an MLS All-Star. Wait, Trevor, did you see, did you see the game? It was, uh, I think it was New York City FC versus Orlando. Did you watch that game? No, I didn't watch it. Oh, man. I mean, uh, Sean Johnson played really well, but Brian Rowe, he had one of, I mean, I feel bad for the guy. He keeps making, like, I don't know, he, he gets a chance and he, he loses. Anyways, they shot a ball from, like, 30 out, and then he, like, tried to punch it, and he missed the, misses the punch, and it goes straight on the goal. And it was just like a yeah, it was really yeah, it was really it was really unfortunate. They, I think they ended up tying the game. I think it ended up being one one, but it was still like I'll, I'll, while we're talking, I'll, I'll bring the highlights up for yeah. for Mike. But you can continue. The uh, they actually start the season together uh, this weekend in Orlando. It's NYCFC versus Orlando in the first uh, MLS game this weekend. So, oh really? Yeah, yeah. So that'll that'll be interesting to see who actually starts the regular season matchup right there. Look, I, I liked Brian Rowe. I mean, I thought when he was in, at the Galaxy, I thought actually he actually did a very amicable job uh, with them uh, during his time here, and, and he deserved to be the number one while he was while he was with the Galaxy. Um, he went from there to Vancouver, right? Isn't that where he went? Okay. Yeah, and him and Marinovich battled out back and forth in Vancouver, and at the end of the day, they uh, got rid of both of them. Jeez. Who is, who is the starter in Vancouver right now? It's either going to be Jackson Crapo or is, Zach McMath. Crapo, who came through the academy system of Montreal, right? Yep, and then yeah. went on loan to Ottawa last year where he absolutely killed it and was keeper of the year in USL. Um, and then, uh, yeah, he's uh, at Van now, so it's him and McMath. So, I mean, obviously, you know who I hope starts. But, um, yeah, bro, I mean, I, I'm with you. I think Rowe did really well uh, when he was in L.A. But I, I think people see him as your best number two in the league. That if you have a guy who's on the national team who's going to be missing games, 
it's great to have a Brian Rowe type of guy on the bench because he can definitely fill in, play games, has played lots of games. Um, but I think clubs aren't seeing him as a clear out number one choice anymore. Uh, I think he's that that ultimate number two guy who really is kind of like a, maybe he's a, a lower level one, but a standout two at any club, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about some guys who are going to play themselves into the national team conversation with their MLS play. I know this is a simple choice for everybody, but I think Sean Johnson's going to play himself into the Gold Cup roster. I think, I don't know, Trev, I don't know about you or Mike, but for me, I just feel like Sean Johnson is just not damaged goods, but he's got, he got to the point now where it's like, whenever I personally, whenever I think Sean Johnson, I just think just that mistake that he made against El Salvador. It was a long time ago, long time ago for the Olympics, but for me, I just I feel like he's always due for a mistake, and we've talked about this a lot. And I, I just I don't know if it's a mental block or hurdle that he's got to get himself over. But can you do the play by play of that that play for everybody who's listening right now? Quick, we were playing against Salvador. I think it was Salvador, and we we needed to to win the game. I think we're up like two one or something like that. And they shot a ball from like forty out, and it they scored, and they ended up tying the game, and we didn't go to the Olympics. And that was just like I had a before tweets were something. I had a Facebook post about it. I was like. Man, we gotta have better, you know, uh, a better system where better goalkeepers come through. Anyways, if Sean Johnson listening to this, I think you're a good goalkeeper, but I think there's just like that little mental hump. Oh, he's straight up gonna DM you after <laughs> this, dude. I mean, it's just that min- little mental hump, and I, I hope he would agree. I oh, or can you name the three keepers that were on the Olympic roster? Oh my God, uh, Brad Guzan? No, no, no. no. Think younger. Think, think. Uh, Brian Perk. <laughs> Cody Cropper. No, no, that's that's one as well. So here you go. The three keepers during that were Sean Johnson, Bill Hamid, and Matt Lampson. And at the time, the U20 team was Cody Cropper, Tyler Miller, and the once now retired Charlie Horton. Charlie Horton made was on that U20 team? Yeah, because at camp in France, Tyler Miller and Charlie were in Aviatus, and they gotten crap by the U.S. national team. Jeez, this guy's a encyclopedia over here. Yes. <laughs> but when it comes to Aviata history, absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, no, yeah. okay, so okay, so then who are you guys? Who are your guys' choices? National team. Who who could play themselves into the national team conversation in MLS this year? Any oh, dark man. horses? Guys who've never gotten caps. Um, let's see. What's what's the the the, the guy who plays in MX League again? Oh, William Yarbrough. Oh, I still think he's a hilarious dark 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 horse for me. Yeah, but but he's not in MLS. This is MLS preview. Fine, 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 fine. William Yarbrough. <laughs> He's not in MLS. Although he might be by the time this thing rolls out. So, uh, wow. you know, I, I think obviously Stefan. I think um, I think Bill Hamid's going to still find himself fighting. I think Sean Johnson's going to get in there, uh, and I think I'm with I'm with Omar. Tyler Miller's a good dude. Um, I think he's a very good keeper, and I think you know, I'm, how about this? he's already an MLS Cup champion, right? Oh yeah, oh, Seattle. The Seattle. I <laughs> was wearing Aviata gloves then too. Um, <laughs> so but, salty. Uh, but uh, so salty. But uh, <laughs> I think he'll get in. The one we haven't talked about, who I think has a shot. Uh, if you're gonna say Jesse Gonzalez, he didn't want to do the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, I'm totally so- kidding, Jesse. I don't know if you didn't want to do it or if you were just too busy playing in the snow. So, you know. is it, are we talking about people who have never been called up, or yeah, I'm trying to think of guys who haven't never been called mm. up who could play themselves into the conversation. This year, based on their play and MLS, uh, let's go with Jeff Antonella. I was gonna say Jeff Antonella. <laughs> uh, shout out to Memo. Thanks Just, for uh, letting us uh, watch you guys that. Quick warm-up. note: His name is not Antonella; it's Atanella. Atanella. 
At- just, Atanella. I, I, just in case we ever meet him, I don't want to be like, what's up, Jeff? Atanella or Antonella? Uh, uh, everyone and and I think it's just one of those uh, tongue twisters. It's hard to. Would say. you think, real quick? Do you guys think that he's going to hold the number one spot over Steve Clark? Well, I mean, by the way, I, quick note, guys. I watched a documentary about Steve Clark. I think it was his wife did it for his birthday, and this guy's this guy's crazy. Oh, like, we're gonna have Steve on the show. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. Like, he seems like just the nicest guy in the world, but he like went literally. His story is insane. Going anywhere to play and finally getting the opportunity, and he unfortunately had that mistake against uh, Portland in the MLS Cup, but still. He's, you know, he's per- persevering, but, um, but no, I think, uh, I think he can be the number one. I mean, I don't know if, if Steve could take, you know, over, but I think Jeff is, is good enough now. We saw last year where he had a good enough season where he had like, it was like, a, it was like a breakout year per se. So I hope they give him the keys for one more year and then he, uh, proves everybody right. I want to see Evan Bush actually get a chance in a national team camp. Is he he's, too old though? It's too old, too late. <clears throat> and he plays Montreal, which they don't care about. Yeah, you just we just shut you down. Yeah, dude. you just completely <laughs> shut me down. Even though we talked about him for MLS goalkeeper of the year. He's my boy, but if, if he, I think if he would have been playing in a American City team when he had that huge run, that great form, I think he would have got a shout. Um, but I th- and him and I've had this chat in it, but I, I think being in Montreal it was just a, a bit of a hindrance. But that's that's a trade off, though, right? He's had a great run there. He's been able to have a family there and been there for the last wow nine years. So that's some great stability to have as a professional player. Um, you know, not shifting your family around every other week or every other year. So I, I think there's a trade-off with that. But I think he's too old. I think he's going to get looked over. I think they're looking young. They're looking Tyler Miller. Uh, you know, they're still, you know, Jesse Gonzalez still on the radar. You know, both guys are, what, 23, 24. So let's let's go even younger. Let's look at some of the top GKs. I, I find this fascinating because I'm a nerd like this, a goalkeeping nerd. But I love looking at, at the at the guys coming through the academies. And let's talk about some of the top goalkeepers in MLS 21 and under. And uh, I got some choices that I think are are going to start standing out and are probably going to start breaking into teams if it's not this year or the next couple of years. Um, my top guy right now, I think he I think he's going to get the number one actually in San Jose is JT Marcinowski. Uh First off, good dude. I like him. I met him at the MLS homegrown uh, game and, and in the MLS uh, player suite. Um, Shout out to uh, everybody at MLS for that All Star Weekend. That was pretty awesome in Atlanta. Shout out to Mike just name dropping left so, and right because no one's good. Well, we're gonna and we're gonna do Orlando big this year. Uh, I've I've been watching his development uh, from all the time from San Jose Earthquakes Academy to you know Georgetown to to now back with the Quakes. Um, and I really like his game. I think he's very athletic. I think he's really good. There was a play that he made recently where he dropped back on a header. Uh, where it was really good recovery movement back to drop from line. He was going to come out for the ball, saw the movement of the ball, took that drop step, and and it was a set to play that ball right over the goal. Um, Omar, have you seen a lot of JT? Uh, I saw him in that homegrown game. Uh-huh. I think no, I don't know if, why no one ever talked about this. I think the Tigris guy made an amazing save in the game, but if people don't remember, I'll try and color commentate here. But I remember, was that him who dropped the ball? He picked the ball back up. Chev, I don't know if you saw this, but there I think it was like two one. They're up, or there's one one. No, two one. Two two one. Yeah. And uh, JT wants to goes to punt the ball. He drops it, and then he picks it back up. The referee doesn't call anything. They play a big ball down the on the field. MLS uh, guys, they end up scoring, and then they had a video review. They bring the ball back. They say that JT dropped the ball and picked it back up illegally. They took a free kick, and then the game ties two two. That's the only time I ever saw him. But he's he uh, uh, from what I've seen, <laughs> I have to paint him in a, a bad light. But that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna reach out to uh, to JT and I'm gonna let him know to definitely listen to this pod. So. No, but I think the earthquakes 
I mean, they had a guy last year. I forgot the guy's name from Syracuse, right? Uh, uh, Andrew Tarbell, right? Tarbell, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's he was okay. I, I didn't mind him, but I th- again, when you have a bad team, it, it rubs off on you. I think he didn't make that many mistakes. With Toronto FC, it's a little bit different. I think Bono shot himself in the foot multiple times, but with this team, I think uh, Tarbell did whatever he could. And I don't know if it's it's right to take the spot from him, but I think it's going to be a tough uh, uh, competition between the two of them. I think if he joins that cult that that uh, goalkeeper coach um, <laughs> started. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you guys haven't heard it, it's an old episode, yeah. I think, isn't he the goalkeeper coach of San Jose? Is he? I don't know. I'm going to reach out because I want to do a thing with the Quakes I, just for that reason. I think it'd be amazing. Um, all right. Any other guy? Any, any guys on 21 and under that you guys like? Otherwise, I'm going to keep doing my list here. Go for it. All right. Uh, Damian Loss, Chicago Fire Academy. I uh, spoke to Stan about him. I've, I've spoken to other MLS goalkeeper coaches about him. And uh, I think he's I think he's the real deal. Um, I've seen him with the 17s. Uh, him and Chituta Radunze from uh, Vancouver Whitecaps Academy were the two goalkeepers for the most part this, uh, this, this last uh, progression through. And uh, I, I think he's the real deal. I think his distribution is really solid. He can play with both feet. Um, he can pick out guys from distance. Uh, he's good in the air. He's got clean hands. He's quick. Not the tallest guy in the world, but he's going to grow. Uh, I think he might be better than Richard Sanchez right now. I think he could he could sign homegrown very quickly and uh, and be become one of the guys for the Chicago. Because honestly, there's got to be something to watch in Chicago, right? Oh man, that's a soft spot for me because I I grew up watching Richard Sanchez when he played for the Mexican national team. I think he won two World Cups or he won the U seventeen World Cup. Won the U seventeen World Cup, and I think think finals they made or did they win the World U twenty? I don't know. I remember, but I remember because half my family is Mexican. So when they were on that that trip to make it to the to the finals and all that stuff, we kept going to my grandparents' house watching the game. So I'm a huge fan of Richard Sanchez. I wouldn't fanboy him, but I think you know he's he got my respect. The young. Um, but I, th- I don't know. I, I, I like this guy a lot. Damian, yeah. he's pretty good. So, um, depends on the coach's, you know, uh, uh, preference over there, but I think he could give Sanchez a run for his money. And again, Chicago had a rough year last year too, and I don't want to rub off on Richard, but, um, it's going to be a tough battle, put it that way. I think if Richard doesn't do, doesn't do, or doesn't start off well in the season, I think Damian might get a call up. I don't know if he'll be the starter because he's kind of young, but I think he'll probably get pulled up to the first team. And if he hasn't already. Yeah. Trev, have you seen Damian at all? I haven't actually no. Okay, he's he's legit. He's legit. I mean, look. I mean, Chaturo is going to be big time too. He's got a really big ceiling uh, in regards to ability level, and maybe Damien's ceiling isn't as high as Chaturo's, but uh, I think that Damien, from from an MLS standpoint, I'm not looking from an international standpoint. Whether is he going to be an international keeper? I don't know if he's at that level. And and you know, Stan and I we even t- spoke about that. You know, well, how high is his upside? But for the complete product already at 17, 18 years old, pretty darn good. Uh, I don't see this kid going to college. I see him fighting for for a chance with Chicago. And uh, honestly, Chicago's not going to be good. So they might as well take a flyer. Um, you know, with him. Uh, another guy who, who's been kind of going through the youth ranks and, and has been having some issues getting playing time just because it's just such so tough to move up the ranks through the Galaxy Academy is Eric Lopez. He's been the G2 uh, guy for, for a long, long time. And I've been a, a big fan of Eric Lopez for a while now. Um, what do you guys think of Eric? Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge fan. Okay. Yeah, I think he's... I don't want to say the word. He's overhyped, overrated. And unfortunately, what I don't like about the other Galaxy... Why is he always in the national pool? I think there's just some guys who always get called up, and it always there's some guys you always go, why, why does he keep getting called up? Why doesn't he keep getting called up? Maybe he's a good team player, and maybe I mean he's good. I'm not gonna lie to you, he's good. I think again, he's 
great going down for sure. Well, the Galaxy 2s aren't very good, and they haven't been very good. And most of the teams that have MLS uh, USL teams aren't very good because they always put, you know, <laughs> I think one time last year they fielded their U16 or U18s on the field. So at the end of the day, again, I that's just the Chicago Fire starting 11 for their MLS team. <laughs> well, that's what I feel sometimes, though, is that a lot of these guys, maybe I'm giving him an unfair break, and he is still young. He's got good size on him, but every time I've seen him play, I mean, last year they played against uh, Real Grande or RGV or I think Reno, and they got scored. They lost eight to one or eight zero, and the poor guy was just standing out there and, and looked like a cone, unfortunately, because the team wasn't good around him. But again, maybe I'm being—I think I'm talking my way into liking him more because <laughs> I do like the way he plays. But I think in the right situation, the right timing, maybe not with the Galaxy, because like we said, the system there is just, it's weird. It's really hard to break out of the, the G2. But uh, if you can find another team in the MLS that will give him a fair shot, I think he will have prosperity. But here with the Galaxy, unfortunately, it's very hard to make your way up. That's why I retired early, Mike. That's why I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, because you're like, <laughs> you, you just saw the path right there and you're like, there's no way. I'm not going to beat out these guys. Yeah, I'm not. Donovan Ricketts is gonna, definitely going to start over me, so it's not yeah. even worth it. Yeah, right? yeah. But yeah, that's that's my take on Mr. Lopez. So, Trevor, you seen Eric Lopez? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm kind of I'm not going to say I'm with Omar. No, I'll never say against Omar. Um, but it's at that point where I mean, yeah, he, you're right. He does always get called into the national team for your stuff. Uh, I think he's a good goalkeeper. But there's just if he was going to make his mark and move on up, it's got to happen sooner than later. You know, there, there comes a point where you sit in USL and you sit in USL and you sit in USL and you wake up one day and you're 30. Um, and what's Bennett doing by the way? I don't know. He's been kind of all over the shop. I'm not sure. Exactly. And I'm talking about Bennett Snedden, who's also uh, been through the galaxy Academy system for a while for a little bit. Then he came back. I don't know what he's doing. It's, it's tough. And you know what the thing is too, is with the, with the galaxy, you're at a club that if they want to go get, some you know first rate keepers they're they're gonna go do it. I mean they 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 go through more keepers than any club I've seen. So I mean Omar's joke joke about Petr Cech is actually kind of real. That that sounds like a galaxy signing to be honest. Oh, with absolutely you. It does. Yeah, that was a I, funny I, I was serious about my. Oh, that wasn't a funny joke. That was actually, and I I could literally see them. And he's actually one of those goalkeepers that, from the standpoint of bringing over to MLS, actually makes sense from a marketing standpoint. Um, I know we, we've talked about, you know, guys not coming over from Europe and stealing jobs from domestic guys, but he does move the needle for sure. Yeah. Oh, I think so too. Uh, I mean, so Lopez, I think he's a good solid keeper. You know, it's uh, figuring out where does he slot in? Cause I think it's very tough to climb up from the USL two to, to the galaxy first team. Cause like I said, they're going to go just bring in whoever they want, whenever they want. So it's, it's not like it's other places where you see homegrown guys come up as goalkeepers. Uh, yeah. I think they kind of get parked and the USL two and that's where they stay. Any other uh, uh, or USL any, Pro? What, what's it called now? USL. Whatever. The names have all changed. Yeah. Notice I did not mention David Ochoa in uh, in this list of uh, my twenty one and under. I think he still needs a little bit of uh, a time. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. We saw a little bit. See, of Taryn, session. we were still very positive about Real Salt Lake. <laughs> Taryn's like Taryn Meyer. Uh, he's uh, the social media guy for. Oh, right, this is going too long. Okay. Wrap okay. <laughs> it up, Mike. No, I was just gonna say that. You're trying to give context to the listeners because they don't know who I'm talking about. So it's not just inside jokes. I'm, I'm getting more listening over here. All right. So, <laughs> uh, so that's, that's our MLS wrap-up then for you guys. Uh, again, keep those reviews coming strong. Uh, we got to get to 100, guys. We're already at 41 here in the United States. We're at two in Canada. Uh, we might be at 
I think probably 173 in, in Scotland. We oh. have a lot of fans in Scotland for some reason. That's awesome. A lot of fans in Scotland. So shout out to the Scottish uh, leagues over there. The goalkeeper coaches there seem to be listening to us a lot. Uh, Ross Ballantyne, Safe Hands Academy. Uh, we got to definitely have you on to talk about the Scottish game because I don't know much about the Scottish development system. I don't know. When it comes to goalkeepers. It's cold and windy. Cold and windy. Uh, like Kind of like our clinic last week. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, that's all the time we got on Inside the 18. Again, we're going twice a week now, so check out that OKC Energy episode dropping on Tuesday. Today, uh, you should be checking out that YouTube video with uh, Andrew Putnam, Nick Romando, and Todd Hofford. We're out. Later. Later.